Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Today's passage is John 21 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. May God bless both the reading, hearing, and understanding of the word. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we come striving to hear your word, your, your words, and your message for this, this Easter Sunday, this, this resurrection day. And so God, send your spirit, open up our hearts and our minds and our souls to truly hear your words for us. And God, may the words I speak no longer be my own, but but they would be your words for your people. Amen. Easter Sunday, the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We acknowledge the work that was completed on the cross through his life, death, and resurrection. What a joyful day this is. Amen? Amen. 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 Yes. This day also brings us 
to a close on our worship series of The Way, Walking in the Footsteps of Jesus. The series in which we looked at what it means to be a little more Christ-like in our lives. We discussed a whole bunch of different topics and themes in Jesus' life, discerned what they are speaking to all of us on how we are supposed to live our lives. So very quickly, Cliff Notes version, we're going to take a look at the following themes. It's, it's Jesus' baptism and temptation. Be initiated into Christ church and to respond correctly to temptations. We just saw a baptism this morning. How wonderful. The healing ministry of Jesus. We should, we should love all people, become instruments of God's healing, and be stretcher bearers for others. Proclaiming the kingdom, we should retreat for connection with God and participate in the kingdom of God. Calming the storm. We must speak peace to our world through our words and through our actions as well. And then we had sinners, outcasts, and the poor, where we need to be inclusive, welcoming of all of God's people. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then the final week, we need to submit to God's will for us. All great points, all good things to follow, all imperative to living a Christ-like life. So now that we have heard all of this, where do we go now? We've heard all this teaching. What now? Now is the time for action. Now is the time to take what we have learned and actually do something. Now is the time for our story. For your story. So what is your story? What is your defining story? Has any of this this talk that we have had over the last six weeks, has any of this changed you in any way? And how and what are you going to do about it? Are you going to live your life differently? Maybe you live a little more deliberately. You might remember me talking a while back about a gentleman by the name of Jim Monroe. And I spoke about him because I showed a video about his story a while back. You see, he's a magician, and therefore he would say he's also a skeptic. A skeptic of the Christian faith, a skeptic of the gospel message for so many years. But then one day, when the pain in his body would not go away, he consulted a doctor who told him, that he had leukemia. It was bad. In fact, the only chance he had at survival was a bone marrow transplant. After an extensive search of hundreds of thousands of people, they found one match. A teenage girl. Jim Monroe received the transplant and lives today to the glory of God as he proclaims that that he has a different DNA inside of his body, that of a teenage girl. Jim relates this to his relationship with Jesus Christ and the penalty that he paid for his sake. He states it this way, that there is someone else who lives within him. This is Jim's defining story. What's yours? Brennan Manning is a well-known author within certain circles. He's written books such as The Ragamuffin Gospel, The Furious Longing of God, and All is Grace. He, he's been featured with some of the music of, of Rich Mullins, Warren Barfield, and DC Talk. But you see, Brennan Manning 
is not the name that his parents gave him. Brennan had a friend growing up, and they did everything together. His name was Ray. They would play together, they'd go to school together, even enlisted in the army together. He and Ray served in the Korean War. And one day, while moving forward from one foxhole to the next, they took a short break and enjoyed a chocolate bar. It was at that time that a, that a live grenade was thrown into the hole with them. Ray handed Brennan the candy bar and then proceeded to jump on the grenade. Ray died that day, saving Brennan. You see, Brennan Manning was born Richard Manning, and his friend was Ray Brennan. When Brennan Manning became a priest, he was asked to change his name to that of a saint, and he could find no other name than that of his friend, Ray Brennan, this friend who gave his life so that Brennan could live. This, along with Brennan's relationship with Jesus Christ, defined who he is. It is his defining story. What is yours? Barabbas was a condemned man. He must have done some horrific things. Scripture says he committed insurrection and murder. He was tried, convicted, sentenced to die. Pilate offers either him or Jesus back to the crowds that day. The crowd chose Barabbas. Instead of releasing an innocent man, the crowd cries out for the one who is truly guilty of a crime. Jesus took Barabbas' place on death row. Barabbas was now a free man. All because Jesus gave his life for him, just as he gave it for you and for me. That is Barabbas' defining story. What is yours? I mean, this theme of sacrifice is played out in story after story. And guess what? Hollywood has gotten really good at it. They've gotten really good at coming up with all kinds of stories and movies that, that feature this theme. Lily Potter sacrifices herself for her son, Harry, who in turn sacrifices himself for his friends. Katniss substitutes herself within the Hunger Games in place of her 12-year-old sister. Moana sacrifices everything in her pursuit to save her friends and her family. And in the movie and the story, The Shack, we find the story of the Multnomah princess who jumps to her own death in order to save her tribe. And then later in the story, we find Mac, who's already lost one daughter, given the choice of sending one of his remaining children to spend eternity in hell. His eventual response was found in this question, can I go in their place? Can I go in their place? He was willing to sacrifice himself for his kids. It is at this moment that he realizes how God loves all of us. His love is unconditional, limitless, and steadfast. His love reaches furthest depths of our souls. His love reaches those places that we don't even talk about. Those places we like to keep hidden. He loves us so much that he didn't want to see any of us separated from him. 
He couldn't bear to lose that relationship that we once had with him. He loves us so much that he chose, instead of letting us, to, letting us die, to die in our place. He said, let me go for them. Let me go for them. He loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. Amazing love. How can it be? You see, it doesn't matter who you are, how we have been living, what we've done in the past, or even who we think we are right now. God loves us even as we are, and he died on the cross to prove that love to us. This should be our defining story. This should be the story that we tell every single day of our lives. So I ask you again, what do you want your story to be? What is your defining story? Who do you want people to remember you as? How about this? What does God want your story to be? What does God want your story to be today? What past life experiences have you had that have made you who you are today? How has your relationship with Jesus Christ affected your story? What actually defines you? What defines you? Does your job define you? I know it used to define me. My identity was wrapped up in what I did for a living, as if a manager of a rental store made a difference in God's kingdom. I guess there might be a big issue with this, except that it was the number one in my life, and it didn't need to be. Does your job define you? Does your spouse define you? Does your car, your possessions, do you, do you pin your image of yourself on these things? What about your social status? How many people like you or follow you on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat? Maybe it's who you know or how well connected in the community you are. Or is it how others view you? You see, there is a problem with all of this. And the problem with pinning all of this, of, of who you are and any of these things that I mentioned, is that they're all temporary. They all will fade in time. Now let me tell you some good news on this Easter celebration Sunday. God knows what defines you. He knows who you are. God knows whose you are. You are a child of the Most High God. You are a beloved daughter or son of the Most High God. That is what defines you. Not how many friends you have. Not how high up on the employment ladder you have climbed. Not what kind of car you drive or degree you have. Not how many people have liked your last post. Your image is wrapped up in your relationship with God. Your life has meaning in the new life which Jesus Christ has offered through his resurrection that we celebrate today. But here's the most wonderful news. Romans 5 8 tells us this, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you, even while we were sinners. Can you imagine? Can you fathom the, the height and the depth of how wide and how long the love of God is that he would die for us even while we were sinners? I think of it this way. Jesus dying on the cross, dying up on that cross, 
looks down upon all of those gathered at the cross that day. And now since God, we have to understand, is outside of our concept of time and space, I can see Jesus looking down from the cross and peering through over 2,000 years to look at you, to look at me, and tell us this, I'm doing this for you. Can you imagine looking at that face on the cross and those words coming to you saying, this is for you. This is all for you. That as he forgives the Roman soldiers for crucifying him on the cross by telling God that they don't know what they're doing, he's also doing the same for us. He's forgiving us, even though we don't know what we're doing. What is your defining story? What do you want others to know about your life, about why you do the things you do, and how you are able to live your life, and about how you are able to love all people? What is your defining story? Because I'll tell you something this morning, I know what I want my defining story to be. I know what I want my defining story to be, and I want it to be this. I am a beloved child of the Most High God. I am bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I am loved. I am chosen. And through Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection, I have been given power in the name of Jesus to do all things to his glory. To his glory. I want to encourage you, if this is your defining story this morning, that maybe you take these words in as I repeat them one more time. And so maybe we do this. We just kind of open up our hands and just kind of take this all in as I say, I am a beloved child of the Most High God. I am bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I am loved. I am chosen. And through Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection, I have been given power in the name of Jesus to do all things to his glory. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we thank you for the story that you give us, the defining story, our defining story, which is also your defining story. God, I thank you for a message of resurrection, of new life, and of of new chances. And so God, as we prepare today to, to receive communion, God, I ask that you would truly open our hearts, that you would truly speak to them in that still, small voice. Tell us that we are loved, that we are chosen, and that we are a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Because he lives, we can face the future unafraid. We can tell our defining story. So happy Easter. Christ is risen. Amen. Just
as I send you forth this morning, I certainly hope that you go forth uh, knowing that, that this is Resurrection Sunday, that this is a Sunday of new life, where we say Christ is risen and he is risen indeed. And so go forth knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Happy Easter.